Hi friends, welcome back to the Jessica Hazeman podcast. I'm super excited for today's interview because it's actually going to be with a minimalist couple who not only is a minimalist couple, but also have three children. They're an entire minimalist family. They believe that everyone can benefit from living a minimal lifestyle and still live an abundant life. So listen in to hear how they do it. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. So before we dive into minimalism, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you two individually. So can you guys tell me about your childhood? What type of environment did you grow up in? So uh, I'm Sijon and I am Carlene's husband. And I, you know, when I, when I grew up, I grew up in an Indian household and our whole life, uh, you know, if you know anything about Indian homes or Indian culture, they're very frugal. So they don't, they usually don't like to, uh, you know, buy a lot of things. They're very stingy with their money. And <laughs> you probably, you know, have come across a really cheap Indian once in your life. And you're like, man, why are they like that? Well, that's, that's how we were raised. And so my brother and I, we lived in a, uh, we've always lived in West Palm Beach in a really small home. And throughout our entire lives, we've always been, uh, we were really tight on money a lot. So my mom uh, was a single mom and uh, she was doing everything that she could, but so much of you know her time was spent on just trying to make sure that we had enough food on the table and trying to make sure that we could pay the rent. And my, my grandmother, who uh, is my mother's mom, she would always try to help us out and try to make sure that we were okay. And so, you know, I always kind of grew up knowing that, you know, things weren't always going to be easy and it kind of like shaped the way that I thought about life in general. So, you know, going from being a kid raised in, you know, a really difficult situation going into adulthood, always had that scarcity mindset. Like we were going to run out, we're going to run out of money. We're going to run out of food. We're going to run out of something. So it always kind of felt like when things were kind of okay, I was, I was waiting for that impending doom. I was waiting for that something is going to fall apart and we're going to have to figure things out again. So really, that's kind of how I really picture my childhood is just there is beautiful moments, but a lot of it was surrounded by, you know, just feeling like we're running out of stuff, running out of time, running out of resources, things like that. So that's kind of how I grew up. What about you? Um, so I'm Carlene and I grew up in the complete opposite, basically. So my parents were married my whole childhood till I was about right about to be 18 years old. Um, so he had like that scarcity, like mindset, we had more like an abundance. So I never needed anything. My parents always, and not that we came from like a ton of money or anything like that, but we never lacked anything. We always had a nice house, anything I needed, my parents would get for me. So I never felt like... I, I just had so many things and I kept adding so many things and there was really no limit basically. Um, so I never really thought about stuff or appreciated stuff. It was just bring it in and it can stay or it can go. It doesn't matter because the next new thing is coming right after. Interesting. So So it's interesting too, that like you have polar opposite stories and you guys ended up like coming across this minimalism lifestyle But it's like interesting, too, that 
coming from someplace where that scarcity mindset was there to going like continuing with that kind of like instead of being like now that I have the money and I can afford stuff let me hoard because I could see that being an outcome it's interesting that you guys both chose that minimalist lifestyle so tell me when and how that happened like you two met um got married obviously was it something that you guys talked about early on in your relationship or when did that happen um so as far as being frugal and all that stuff he brought that into the marriage because he you know we wanted to be financially secure and when we got married we didn't have a lot of money um I mean, we came into the marriage, he came into the marriage with like student loans, which was the main debt we had. And then, so we worked really hard to pay that off. So during that time we were being frugal. So not a ton of things were coming in, but we already had a ton of things from our childhood and just growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after we became debt-free, we still wanted to continue saving and, you know, preparing for the future. So I wasn't going too crazy spending a ton, but I also wasn't like, that mindful. I was just, you know, trying to save a little bit, but then, so long story short of how we got into minimalism was that, um, my daughter was diagnosed with a speech delay and the pediatrician and the speech pathologist both recommended that we really limit her screen time. And basically they were like, she really doesn't need it at her age. She was like 18 months old and she wasn't talking at all, like not even saying mommy. So when they told me that I was like, I'm just going to completely get rid of technology. Like we got rid of our TV. Like we didn't, we didn't have tablet. She didn't have a tablet at that point or anything. And at that point I found myself bored. Like I was so used to just putting her in front of the TV and also checking out, (laughs) checking out and just watching shows all day long. And then I just got bored and I started Googling, what do people do who don't have TVs? Like it was just some random search. Like, what do you do if you don't have a TV? And the word minimalism came up, believe it or not, because there was that documentary out already. And then it came up like how people who are minimalist tend to like, sometimes they don't have TVs. And I don't know, I didn't know anything about the word. And I thought it was weird and kind of intriguing. So I watched the documentary and although minimalism, you you can have a TV, like we have a TV again. Yeah. Um, But I was just so interested in, and I'm like, wow, these people are like living their best lives with the, with a little bit of stuff. Like these guys are a little more on the extreme minimalist side where you can, or at least they used to be where you can fit everything in like a backpack. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? This stuff is not making me happy. And I was already super overwhelmed being a stay-at-home mom because my daughter's bedroom had enough stuff for about five children. And I've shared that on like Instagram, like pictures of it before. I showed him another video the other day of how it used to look. And he was like, I can't believe we let it get to that point. So really, in all honesty, that step of like removing TVs for my daughter's speech was what landed us on minimalism. So it was like a trickle domino effect. Like, yeah, that's interesting too, that you, you found minimalism. Like, I don't know when I I organized and it kind of just like started to happen in my life. Like I started to realize, like, I liked things tidy. I liked things in baskets. And then I stumbled upon this like organizational community and I'm like, there's other people, but it's cool that you kind of like stumbled upon it and you're like, Hey, I'm not going to judge this. I'm going to kind of check it out and try it out. Yeah. But that was my issue is I loved organization. Yeah, Like that's why I love your stuff. But (laughs) 
I was organizing clutter. So it was like, I couldn't out organize all my stuff. It's never ending. (laughs) Yeah. So I bought all the baskets and I bought all these cute things, but then I was like, I still have too much stuff. So then I would, I realized, okay, I think I need to declutter first and then organize because after we did our first huge, like purge of all of our things, we had a ton of empty baskets. You remember that Mm -hmm. all those baskets on the kitchen table. And I was like, Oh, I guess I didn't need as many organizing things. I just needed to declutter first and then get all the baskets that I needed to make it look better. Yeah. Where did you guys start when you like started that decluttering process? My daughter's room um, was the first place we started. And so even though I was trying to get into minimalism, like having less stuff, I still wanted to have another child. So I organized all of her clothes into bins. So I think it was like four or five bins Mm -hmm. of just baby clothes, which is insane. Um, So I like washed them all and put them by size with like a paper that's like, it was super organized. It took up the entire closet downstairs under the uh, stairs. And um, yeah, finally, when I got pregnant again, which was really shortly after, it was like a month later, I think, right? Like a month after I quit my job. Mm-hmm. I which, found out I was which was which was 10 months, ten nine, months nine months not a month after we get had the baby no nine months <laughs> after nine months after my daughter was born I was pregnant again okay wow so yeah but I quit my job when my daughter was nine months so a month after I started organizing all of her things I mm-hmm. found out I was pregnant so then anywho I ended up finding out I was having a boy shortly after that and then that's when minimalism finally I was like you know what this is the most clutter we have. And now I can get rid of it. It was like permission. Like I can get rid of it because I'm having a boy. Mm -hmm. And then after getting rid of that and like seeing the space, it's like more and more started opening up. And, you know, with all of the clothes I had for my daughter, I was able to give three moms enough clothes to like put their kids in for like the first year of their lives. Yeah. Three different people. So you can tell how bad it was. I had a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, So then after my daughter's bedroom, we did, we, so we don't recommend what we did because we kind of just went all over the place. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then I did like the kitchen and our um, closet. Mm -hmm. So what would you recommend? Um, So coming from the one that wasn't the the person to start a minimalism journey Mm -hmm. and just watch from afar because I was kind of, uh, I, I always had good control over the stuff that I had, but I held on to things that I didn't really need. So like sentimental items were more of my stuff, things that I had like for years, I would, I had the same sweater and we shared this in one of the videos that we did. I have had this same sweater for over 10 years, 11 years, maybe even more. And that was the only sweater that I wanted to keep. But But now we recommend like the easiest. Yeah. So just going back to like, what's, what would, what would you recommend the easiest place? Start with the easiest place possible. Mm-hmm. So for us, it was a living room. Mm-hmm. So living room uh, at the time, it, it didn't seem as easy because we had a lot of throw pillows, a lot of throw blankets, side tables, decor. And so all those things kind of, you know, when you, when you start decorating your home, you're like, all this stuff is going to make it feel nice and warm and cozy. Mm-hmm. And so the thought of trying to get rid of that stuff is actually more stressful, more overwhelming. And then you start to think, I just spent all this money on it. Mm-hmm. But when we really decided, let's let's make this really easy on ourselves. Let's just try and get rid of the stuff that we know we don't need. That's where we started. And so once we started opening up that space, 
we just allowed ourselves to enjoy that new clutter-free space for a little bit, soak it in, see if that felt right. And then we moved on to the next place. So yeah. that's, yeah. that's how we started. Yeah. So we recommend start the easiest place, whatever that is for you. And then once it's completely done and you feel like this is peaceful and awesome, you move to the next easiest space. So you kind of have that momentum going mm-hmm. because I think Joshua Becker talks about it. Like you don't want to start in your garage, let's say because it's probably the hardest spot for most people. Mm-hmm. And then you never know, you go throughout your house, maybe there's things that need to go into the garage or maybe temporarily need to be stored there until you can either sell them or donate them. So then you might kind of undo what you already did. So mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely recommend starting easier, going to the least cluttered, to the next, to the next, and then, yeah. Did you guys like sell everything? Did you give, like, I know you mentioned you gave some stuff away to other like needing moms, but how did you determine like how to get rid of it? Was it just get it out as quick as possible or let's make money on it? That is the method (laughs) that we chose because (laughs) one thing, and it all depends on the type of person. Some people can handle, you know, a lot of boxes and stuff around the house and not feel tempted to put it all back where you, you decluttered it from. But for us, we had so many things that we felt like we might use again that we knew we just needed to get out of the house. So in the beginning, when she was getting rid of all of these kid babies' clothes, these things were going out like wildfire. It was just everyone was coming to pick it up and it was great. But then when we, when we started to work on the bigger things, the things that, you know, appliances or stuff that we thought we were going to use, but we just never ended up using, those things would be in boxes. And we knew that if we try to sell it, and I'll just say I am lazy and I don't like to <laughs> put stuff on offer up and or you know Facebook marketplace and have to deal with trying to sell it in between lunch breaks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we decided to just get rid of everything. And you'd be surprised how many people really want to show it up, yeah. Really want that stuff. And you would think that, oh, they're giving it away for free. It yeah. must not be in good condition. So these people are like stumbling, stumbling upon hidden gems. So we got rid of the stuff and some people do, like we said, some people do like to sell it. And sometimes it's good because maybe you have some debt that you want to, you know, knock off and start there. But when it came to us, it was all about trying to make it easier. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want to make minimalism harder on ourselves Mm because we already had a lot. We had two kids and Mm -hmm. whatnot. So getting rid of it was easiest. Yeah. I looked at it as like blessing other people. Mm -hmm. I gave, I mean, we gave everything away for free and I started sharing my journey on Instagram at that time. And even people who were in my area that I didn't know, they'd be like, Oh, do you, are you still getting rid of this? Like, do you have this? And literally I got rid of most of the stuff by posting it on Instagram. And I would give people like 24 to 48 hours max to come pick it up. And it always got picked up. So yeah. And then my family, like I'm talking, you know, even the designer bags and the expensive things and a computer, a guitar, like just random stuff. Yeah. It was like, if you want it, you have to come get it. And so it it was, it was great. And yeah, I was happy to give it to other people because along our journey and even having kids, we were always like blessed with secondhand things and mm-hmm. just things that we needed. So it just, it's felt right too. It does feel like good. Yeah. It, do- it does. I was laughing when you said guitar because I'm literally looking at my husband's guitar in the corner and he's never played it a day in his <laughs> life. He has this guitar. He, we, we get rid of everything. We're very like, I'm, I wouldn't consider as minimal, but we get rid of all the stuff that we don't use. And oh my gosh, I, he just will not get rid of this guitar. <laughs> <laughs> 
he has this like dream deep down inside i know and he's like if i get rid of it that just cuts off my dream of being a guitarist i guess um (laughs) i also like i know i do a lot of facebook and i know that they have like buy nothing groups on facebook where you can you know just post it up and people in your area can come grab it that worked really well with like i went through my linen closet and had a bunch of personal care items Mm -hmm. and I like kind of was like, I don't know what to do with this because it's like a good bottle of lotion that like I never used or like didn't want anymore. And I was like, oh, you can't give this to Goodwill. You can't give it to like a you know consignment shop because they are not going to take it. But the people on the buy nothing groups were more than happy to. So I thought that was pretty cool when I found those and stumbled upon that. That is pretty cool. Yeah. You know about those? I didn't know that. No. Hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. Instagram told me they they tell me everything. <laughs> I learn everything <laughs> through my followers. Um, That's awesome. So when I, I kind of want to back up because you discovered, you know, you stumbled upon minimalism. How did that like conversation um, go when you did you guys sit down and kind of like talk about this is something we want to do? Or was it Carlene, you that just was like, I'm gonna start to declutter my kids room and hopefully my husband doesn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically, I told him about it. And he it's not that he was like on board, like, let's do it. We're doing this together. But he supported me. Mm-hmm. So he was just like, okay, like, he knew that the our baby's room was a problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we wanted it to look nice and tidy and everything. But I kind of just did my thing, got rid of my own things, didn't touch his stuff. Um, and then there were some things like in our bedroom that I knew he didn't really need. So I would like ask him, like, do you need this? Do you want this? And he would just tell me yes or no. And if he said, he wanted it, then it stood. And if he said no, then I just got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like mismatched socks and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. like I knew he didn't really need. So um, in that sense, he was like helping me out because he was telling me yes or no. And then as I started to build momentum and he started to kind of see the change in the house, then he actually got on board. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I nagged him about to get him on board was his trophies. Cause he, like he, he shared about his childhood like that was the best part of his childhood was like playing baseball and sports and stuff like that. So I think that was like, was it like two bins of trophies? He had a lot of trophies. Let's just say it was like five or six or seven bins because that was so great oh, at sports. I was gonna say two bins of trophies is a lot of a lot of trophies. Yeah. No, he no, it was he had a lot of trophies, and it's not like he ever looked at them. They were always pushed in the closet, but it was yeah. like his attachment. And I never, like, I really never nagged him, but I would say, hey, like, what about the trophies? You want to go through them? And he would say, like, nope, not getting rid of my trophies. They're my prized possession. They're my childhood in a box. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then one day when he decided to donate his trophies, give them, like, my nephew took some, and then I don't know what we did with the rest. But when that finally happened, I was like, okay, he is fully on board with this. Well, I can I can tell, tell the story leading up to that moment, but back Back to what you said, Jessica, a while back. Like, oh, I would have thought that being raised in a frugal home, you'd probably be a hoarder. I was. I actually hoarded a lot of stuff because I was, like I said, I felt like I was going to run out. So when mm-hmm. people would give free things, I was like, I need it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when people would give me stuff, there was things that I would never use, but I just felt like I should probably keep it. And <laughs> honestly, yeah. um, to when this became really apparent for me was like food. Like I would catch myself when at parties or, you know, events. And when they lay out the food, like a buffet, I would feel panic, a sense of panic. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, I started to see it all in every area of my life, but 
Jessica, maybe your husband and probably some of the people who listen to your podcast and your followers can relate. But as a husband, I usually don't get involved with the affairs of the home when it comes to organizing <laughs> or buying stuff. And I tend to just kind of be a yes fan, like, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> when I came home one day after work, this was when we discovered, you know, Mila, our daughter had a speech delay. She said, I think we're going to get rid of the TV. Oh, yeah. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he literally was just like, okay. And we watched it every single day. We did, but I was, at the time, I was working a lot mm-hmm. and I was working two jobs and I was barely home. So for me, it didn't really matter. But for her, who was at home all day and needed to entertain her and herself and Mila, it was, that was a big move. But I was like, okay, whatever. And so we, you know, we got rid of the TV. And then she started tackling Mila's room. And I was like, okay, this is, that's a lot of stuff we mm-hmm. started getting rid of. And then she started to work through the home. And like she said, she would ask me things, but my, but my, um, you know, my action was very low effort. Do you mm-hmm. want this? No. She got rid of it. Do you want this? <laughs> yes. I didn't have to do anything. Must be nice. yeah. All I had to do was answer <laughs> questions. And like she said, I started to see how our home started to transform and it felt the way that I wanted it to feel finally, even though, you know, like I said, I, I had, I didn't have a lot of things, but the things I had, I didn't want to get rid of. And mm-hmm. our home started to have this space and we had two kids. And I remember how bad it was when we had just one. Mm-hmm. So now living in a home with two kids and how spacious and peaceful it was, um, that really encouraged me to say, okay, maybe I should look more into minimalism. And, you know, because Carlene knows how to do this, but I want to start learning how to do this. I want to know why to get rid of things or how to get rid of things. And so I started to dive into my own journey. We had this book, The Minimalist Home by Joshua Becker. And she had it. I don't know if it was on purpose or it was strategic, but (laughs) it was always on the counter somewhere. And so I decided to pick it up and I started reading through it. And I was like, wow, (laughs) what is this? Like now I understand why minimalism is so amazing. Mm-hmm. And everything that I've been looking for in life when it comes to like peace and, you know, meaning and understanding, you know, how we attach our meaning to stuff and the meaning to sentimental items and all the dreams that we used to have. That is when I started to see, okay, minimalism, minimalism can work for me. And so mm-hmm. going back to the trophies for a couple of years, she would ask me, do you want these trophies? And I would always say, yes. I can't let go of those. Those are too sentimental. Like, I don't really need to get rid of them. I had so many beautiful memories tied to those trophies. So, you know, my dad was in and out of my life. Unfortunately, he struggled with uh, drugs and uh, alcohol addiction. But, you know, from when I can remember, I was on the baseball field with him playing. And he played professional baseball. And it was my dream. I said, I want to be just like my dad. And I want to make it. And be an amazing baseball player. And every trophy, it was like a reminder of how competitive I was and how much I made him proud. And then finally, uh, you know, I have these trophies as my memories. And then, you know, she would ask me over and over, do you want these? And always in a loving way, I said, yes, yes, I can't get rid of them. And then I would sometimes think, well, maybe, I was Mm -hmm. like, no, that's too much meaning tied to it. And then finally one day, um, her nephews came over, we were watching them. And this is after I've, you know, really started to do minimalism on my own. I decluttered my wardrobe, decluttered everything, my car. Most people don't think about their cars, but I decluttered my car. Hmm. And I 
they come over and we actually started decluttering the storage closet again because you know it always starts to accumulate clutter even mm-hmm. as minimalists pulling everything out and they see these trophies these two kids and they said oh my god uncle c john i want that trophy <laughs> and i was like thinking to myself uh maybe and then she's like why don't you give it to them and i was like i don't know he's like I want to tell my friends that those are my trophies and <laughs> I did this. And I ended up having to leave just to get something from the store. And I was driving and I'm sitting there thinking everything that I, t- everything that I'm tying to those trophies, I already have inside my head, inside my heart, inside my memories. And I don't really need those trophies to remind me because I haven't seen those trophies in two years. They've been inside the closet, mm-hmm. but I still think about all these things. And so it was at that moment that I was like, I'm ready to let go of these. And I gave them to him. And he was so happy with these trophies. And I, pro- I, I, I really think that he will never forget. He may, years, 10 years from now, remember, I gave him all these trophies. And he's going to think it was the greatest gift ever. And for me, it was, you know, there was nothing. The, yeah. the, the, the little man on top of the trophy was falling off on almost all of them. <laughs> yeah. and, but he loved it. And uh-huh. I realized the gift that I gave him. Mm-hmm. But it, he really gave me the gift because I was finally able to let go of those things, those trophies that I felt like I couldn't let go of. And I didn't think it was a weight until they were gone. I started to see I couldn't even move on from that dream. Like I had moments where I would tell Carly and I'd wake up in the next day and I had a dream about baseball mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> yeah. feeling like, you know, that dream died. And but now I feel like, OK. This is a new season. This is something new. So anyways, yeah, that's good. to get back to the point, you know, those trophies, when I finally got rid of them, I don't know. It just really, it really did something to me. And re- we really started to see what minimalism was all about. It wasn't, it wasn't about the aesthetic. It wasn't just having, you know, a really nice looking home or real clutter free. And, you know, it was something deeper. Mm-hmm. And so that's what minimalism really has brought us. Do you think that it was entirely like that time for you to come around or like maybe your personality? Like what about the people who, you know, want to have a minimalist house that are struggling to get their partner on board? Do you have advice for them? I, you know, from my perspective and she'll, she can tell you hers, but I, Carlene's pretty strong willed and (laughs) uh, you know, I knew that going into a marriage with a Puerto Rican woman, I should, I should have, you know, remind myself she's, she's feisty and she's going to boss me around sometimes. (laughs) Um, But when it came to minimalism, it was very interesting how, uh, you know, stress-free it was when it came to her. Like she did not push me. And I think she really understood like the, the meaning that comes with stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think she also read in the book to really not pressure your spouse, but Mm -hmm. Um, she really did not push me at all. And that kind of respect and, you know, caring and all of that that she brought to the process really made me so much more receptive Mm -hmm. to what she was doing. I really didn't. I was like, do whatever you want. Like, if you want to get rid of stuff, that's fine. I don't really, I don't really care if you get rid of all, all, all of the things that we have in our room and whatever. And like she said, like, maybe you could be strategic and you could, you know, 
put the the minimalist documentary on while you guys are <laughs> you know having dinner and not even oh i just oh i didn't even see you there put sitting the minimalist on the couch. home audiobook on <laughs> yeah like oh wow i can't believe i'm just listening to this podcast about minimalism how you want to sit down <laughs> so um you know there's ways to do it in a in a kind and caring way we um and a lot of people that probably follow you have have this tendency to tie our meaning to stuff and if you get try to tell someone to no longer tie their meaning to stuff in a uh, forceful or aggressive way you are going to offend them and they're going to close up and i probably yeah. would have closed up and it was mostly with the trophies and the stuff that meant something the sentimental items mm -hmm. so when she no longer like pushed me but asked me to just think about it that's when I thought about it mm -hmm. and it took me time, but I eventually did it. And now she'll tell you I'm more of a minimalist than she is. Yeah. Yeah. So how much you, time, uh, if you don't mind me asking, was yeah. it like six months, a year? Like how long from the start of this did it take you to finally be like, okay, I'm ready to get rid of some sentimental items? Um, I would say two years. Right. Wow. No, she's saying to get rid of sentimental items, like the trophy thing. That yeah. was a couple months after we started our minimalism journey. Was it? Yeah, it was because I'm thinking it took us six months to fully declutter our house. Mm -hmm. Although we still had to go back and declutter more after that. Um, but was the trophy thing? I can't even remember. I just I'm thinking about it as where we lived because we've moved since then. Yeah, so we so, um we actually to to backtrack, I think you started minimalism at at the beginning of 2007 or at the end of 2017. 2017 yeah. And I think actually right before we moved, which is in the, Oh yeah, of, it did take longer than I thought. So yeah. it was two years. Um, and I, you know, I did some other decluttering, but mm -hmm. the real sentimental stuff, which is the stuff that's usually the last to go for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, that took me two years. Yeah. Wow. I think when people think about clutter too, they think immediately of like their childhood memory box that's like way up in the mm -hmm. attic. And mm -hmm. I, I'm constantly trying to like remind people like you can get rid of the pens and pencils, you know, like you have yeah. a million pens and pencils, start there, like start with something really easy because you don't have to get rid of that one box of clutter. Like you have so right. much clutter filling your house. You don't have to start right. with the hardest thing. Exactly. Like sentimental stuff should be last, I think. Yeah. Or if you're really feeling like in the mood to do it, that's when you want to yeah. like jump on it. But like starting there is a surefire way to feel like ah, minimalism is not right for me because that's hard stuff to get rid of. Right. right. So what does your house look like and feel like now? I know you did a really good job, C. John, of talking about like how you feel in your home. But like if someone were to walk into your home, does it seem empty? Like what could can you just describe your house now? You want to do it or you want me to do it? <laughs> it's a kind of weird know. question. I, I love hearing your perspective because I don't hear a lot of male perspective on yeah. minimalism. So Yeah, so I'll share. Um, we have three babies. Yeah. So there you go. It is <laughs> it is a jungle sometimes. But what I what are what I've seen in our life is I absolutely cannot imagine having three kids the way that we were living and be in this space now yeah because no. we would what we say is like like our our house gets crazy because we do have kids and we do have to change diapers and we do have to feed them and they, they do like to throw their pepperoni pizza on the floor and all that <laughs> mm -hmm. but resetting the home is so much easier and when we do reset the home we see it we see everything that we've put our hard work into we finally see 
okay, all the, all the counters are clear and there's no yeah. clutter everywhere. There's no visual clutter. And it just feels like, like very peaceful. peaceful. But yeah. if someone like you were to walk in, didn't know us, you wouldn't look around and be like, this place is empty. They must be minimalist. You would walk in and think this house is really tidy or, or organized. I mean, cause mm-hmm. we don't have a ton of furniture. We don't have a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. It does get chaotic and messy with the kids. So that's why we have to reset. But if we had just reset and the house was like how we like it, you would just think like, okay, they're pretty, they're pretty organized. That's what you would think. You wouldn't, you wouldn't look at it and think this is terrible. Or the first comment we got that like hurt my feelings when we started (laughs) minimalism was someone, hi mom. Um, she said your house, (laughs) she said your house is really cold. Was that my mom or your mom? Uh, Your house feels cold. One of our moms said it. And I remember having my feelings hurt to the point where I thought, like, should I not? Like, but then I was like, no, this is for me. This is for us. Like, I'm going to make it how I want it. And um, people aren't used to walking in a space and not having things in every corner. Not, you know, so it's different. Yeah. But uh, we stuck to it. And yeah, I just think most people who come in, they feel like they can breathe. Mm -hmm. Like I've had people come in and think like, I want to have bare countertops too. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they get hope. And then a lot of the people who had a lot of things to say that were not really sure about this lifestyle and just like, you know, decluttering later on, even if it's years later, they've come to me saying, look what I got rid of, or Mm -hmm. look at this or sending me pictures of like their new decluttered space. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just think that everyone can benefit from it and they can feel it when they walk in. Yeah. So hopefully that answers that question. Absolutely. Um, now that you do have kids, how old are your kids? Six months old is the youngest, um, two years old and then four years old. Okay. And so have you, I mean, I'm sure like the way that you, you know, buy their clothes and their toys has changed a little bit, but have you started to like have conversations with them about minimalism or, you know, decluttering and things like that? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my two-year-old and six-month-old, I'll just count them out because they don't understand, Mm -hmm. but my four-year-old, she fully grasps the concept of donating and everything. And we've actually made a video with, um, like minimalism with kids on our YouTube, but like we showed how she's a part of the process. Mm -hmm. So for example, I just decluttered their clothes again. Yes, it got a little crazy because the holidays and we were gifted a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And also my mom brought me a random bag of hand-me-downs from um, a family member. So I had to go through that. And in the process, I just hung everything up so I could deal with it. Mm-hmm. So I just decluttered everything again. And I told my daughter, I let her decide. I hold, I held it up and I'm like, do you want this dress or do you want to give it to someone else who can wear it? And she would literally give me her opinion. Like, like no or yes. And, and we would put it in the box together. Mm-hmm. So we had like the donation box by our front door. And every time she would pass it, she would say like, Oh, you're giving this away. Like, so she knows that whole process yeah. or toys. If she stops playing with toys, I will tell her like, you haven't been playing this. Can we give it to another kid who will play with it? And she'll, she'll give me her like genuine answer. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want it. Or yeah. Or sometimes she'll say, yeah, maybe I can get another one. Like if she's tired of that thing, she's like, yeah, I'll just get another one. I'm like, no, 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 we're not getting another one. That's not how it works. Yeah. So she's been, she's been pretty involved. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool to see because she understands like, if we're not using something, if you don't fit in something or you don't want it, 
mm-hmm. someone else can benefit from it. And we always donate it. It's not like I'm throwing away their old clothes. Like we, I think recently, what was it last week? We had that box, a box of clothes that they grew out of and I took it to donate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she knows it's going to a good place. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's important too, because now like she's learning to like not have, you know, an unhealthy attachment to things and she's starting to just like even that process of giving things away is so cool to instill in little kids. I I love to see it. Um, so what are some specific ways that you keep your house like tidy and organized? Like I'm thinking playroom, like places like that. How do you keep it from getting so overwhelming? Um, so that's not the one. Okay. So when it comes to their toys, so they have their bedroom, which is where we keep all the toys. Um, we have three bins. So one has magnetiles, one has blocks, and the other one has like miscellaneous toys. And then we have another smaller bin with puzzles. So basically we kind of rotate those things. We don't have a ton of toys. That's what I have to like, just straight up. We don't have uh, the amount of toys that most people do, mm-hmm. but the things that we have are like create, like the magnetiles, they create with them. They will build a bridge and jump over it. They'll build mm-hmm. towers. So we keep toys like that, like mm-hmm. more open-ended play things versus like a lot of light up things that they get bored of quickly. Yeah. So if it fits in the bins, so we have enough magnetiles to fill the bin, enough to fill the blocks and whatever else. Um, as long as they fit in their space, we keep it. Okay. Um, we used to have also a big toy chest for, for kids who like stuffed animals. You know, those take up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. So right now my kids are in the phase where they don't care about those. So mm-hmm. we literally got rid of every single stuffed animal recently. But when they were into those things, we had this big toy chest. And as long as the stuffed animal fit in there, they could keep it. Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> I literally had a really great question for you. Um, oh, I was going to say, what about having family members? Like I'm thinking birthdays and Christmas. You mentioned like over the holidays, it gets a little more crazy. Have you yeah. had conversations with them about, you know, maybe gifting experiences or things like that, or like not bringing so much into the home and how, how do you have those conversations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the beginning when I had just decluttered, I was a little more like, don't bring us things. Like I was a little more crazy about it mm-hmm. because I didn't want to undo everything I did. Cause I have really gift giving family members and see John's mom is very gift giving. My mom is very gift giving. They're the type of grandparents where like, they just show up randomly with stuff. So yeah, I had those conversations, but then I had to kind of scale back a little bit and think, okay, their love language is gift giving both of them. Mm-hmm. And if they want to love on my kids by getting them something, it's not going to ruin my progress. Mm-hmm. So I would let them, and I'm not talking even about holidays, just random days. They just wanted to gift our kids something. So I had to remind myself like them giving our kids something is not going to ruin anything. It's not going to make our house randomly cluttered. So it's Okay. But then also, if they were to gift us something that we absolutely didn't need, the kids didn't want, no one played with, I gave my permission because it's ours now to do what I wanted with it. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't obligated to keep it, but I did appreciate anything that we got. Mm-hmm. And then when it came time for holidays, um, since having kids, we've had quite a few birthdays and things like that. Um, 
like for the kids, like birthday parties. And people will ask me like, oh, I know that you're a minimalist. Uh, should we bring anything? Or is there anything specific you want? Right. And most of the time I'm like, you don't have to bring anything. Or if those people who really don't want to come empty handed, because I have a lot of family members where like, they just feel uncomfortable coming empty handed. I would say like a gift card to Target or um, someone gave us like zoo passes. So experiences are great. Um, and then, or I would be very specific with things that we needed. So I had told someone, okay, you can get Mila like pajamas. She needs some of those, whatever mm-hmm. size, or, um, Mila needed something for her play kitchen. So then I gave people specific things that I needed or the kids wanted. And so, yeah, we've, we've made it work that way, but a lot of people would just automatically give us gift cards. Yeah. I like too, that you're like, I'm, we kids need stuff. They're constantly growing. They're constantly changing. So making it like, instead of you going to target, buying what they need saying like, Hey, I'll save this for a gift idea. And then people can still give, but it's something that you need. I like the thought of that. Um, what about things that are like constantly coming into your home? Um, how do you handle like paper clutter or I don't know, like even things I'm thinking like groceries and stuff like that. How do you handle keeping it clutter free? Okay. So paper clutter is a big one because I feel like that's the one that drives me the most crazy. (laughs) So let's start with like the biggest thing. My daughter goes to school Mm -hmm. and she's only there two hours a day. It's a speech program, but she comes home with five papers a day for two hours of school. And it's crazy because she's at the age now where she's extremely excited about every single paper. And there was one time where I threw something away. She's like, mommy, you threw away my artwork. Like it hurt her feelings. So then from there, which was actually not too long ago. So I started uh, putting her artwork in a binder. Mm -hmm. So she has one binder. I'm actually looking at it right now. Um, Anytime she comes home from school, I, you know, the things that she loves and she wants to keep, which has been everything lately. (laughs) It has little clear sleeves in it and we put her artwork in there. So it's in the binder. Once that binder gets filled, I'll ask her which ones she wants to get rid of so that new ones can come in. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the system I have with that, you know, artwork and things because it's the most of the paper clutter right now that was coming in. And then when it comes to um, mail, when it comes in, we try to go paperless, paperless as much as we can. Um, but I've unsubscribed or not, not the word unsubscribe. What is it? I've tried to get off of their mailing list right? and it still keeps coming in. So those things we like, if it's a bill or if it's something like we'll handle it right away and then we will get rid of the paper. Like right now I have some papers that need to be shredded. So they're in a bag by the front door as a reminder, this needs to get shredded. Um, and then the important papers like birth certificates, socials, um, taxes for the last few years, things like that. We have like an accordion. Is that what it's called? An accordion binder. Mm -hmm. And it's labeled like bills, rents, like all of those things. And we have it filed like really neatly Mm -hmm. and that's it. So we don't have all the papers around anymore. So now you feel like you're at a place where like you're complete minimalist, your house is decluttered. How often do you find yourself like having to go through things again? Or is it pretty like I we're, we're just living life now because you've tackled every space? Well, we have a baby. So that's <laughs> where things kind of backtracked a little bit. Yeah. Um, he's six months. And right now we're dealing with having to go through it because he's growing out of clothes very quickly. Um, there are baby items that he's growing out of. Like right now he has like a swing and a bouncer and 
um, a poppy pillow. So there's things that I'm constantly going through so that I can get rid of them. Like I just mailed a box to my sister with all of these baby items. And then since mailing her that we have more baby items. So I am staying on top of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as far as the rest of the house, I would say every couple of months, just like I did with the kids closet. So I'd say the last that was brought in was around January. So like Christmas time was when the grandparents gave us clothes and things like that. Mm -hmm. And just now in, we're in April now. So I would say the beginning of April, I went through the closet again. So there was a few months between that for the clothes, but every time I clean the house, I'm kind of evaluating things. So it's not really like a maintenance monthly anymore. It's kind of like every time I clean, if I'm grabbing something and I'm like, we don't need this, I will put it in the box and like get rid of it right then and there. Yeah. So you guys like have a bo- a designated box that you put stuff to donate in? Yeah. We okay. usually have a box right by the front door. So if we get something from Amazon or from the store or Costco, whatever else, we'll put that box by the front and then we'll just add stuff to it. So like our most recent one was like the clothes. We just kept adding clothes to it or shoes or whatever it was. And when it was full, then we donated it. That's nice to have a designated spot too. I implement that with the kids that I nanny. They are of an older age. They're seven, six and seven now. So they both have like little baskets in their closet and they know when they like try something on, they don't like to put it in the basket. And it helps so much because otherwise it's that constant, like, why are there so many dirty clothes? And it's because they tried on stuff and they don't want it, but then you're washing it and hanging it back up. And it's like an endless cycle. Yeah. That's, that's a great, great thing to do. Yeah. So basically we do that, but it's by the front door. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So what are some other systems that you have in place? Like to make sure not that your home is necessarily decluttered, but um, tidy throughout the day, especially with those little ones? Like how do you maintain a tidy home? So the biggest thing that we do is a nightly tidy. So every night we try to reset the kitchen because that's the main spot that I think it's the craziest. Our kitchen, you know, cooking, there's five of us. So yeah. (laughs) So I try to reset after dinner. And then in the morning when we wake up, you know, it's clutter free and clean. And then after lunch, I try to reset it. And I've also let go of the expectation that our house was going to be clean all the time Mm -hmm. because yes, minimalism makes it super easy to tidy, but I was driving myself a little crazy trying to keep it as tidy as possible all the time. So now I just do resets as often as possible, but definitely that one at night. Mm -hmm. And then as far as the kids, how I'm trying to keep it more tidy is their toys are only in their room. Okay. So if they bring the toys out to the living room, I put them back into the room. Like I don't want the toys all over the house because Mm -hmm. that's the main thing that was making us feel pretty cluttered and and the house feel kind of messy. Yeah. So it's overwhelming. Kids toys are crazy. We have a puppy and I'm like, would you put your toys away? (laughs) Like it's just all over the house. Yeah. With kids, I think um, you almost have to have a whole different strategy when it comes to keeping things minimal or even tidy. Uh, One of the things for me that I really like is like in the morning, the first thing I do is make the bed. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a visual cue for me to like keep things nice and clean. Another thing for me, and this could be like a dad revelation (laughs) or a husband revelation, because I was always the one to just leave, uh, you know, my plates and stuff in the sink. And 
I would always be, you know, really surprised when they'd magically be cleaned and back in their place. So <laughs> I thought I thought that that's how the world worked, but I was told by my wife that's not that's not how it works. So <laughs> now, what I really like to do that makes it super simple for me is when I'm cooking lunch and when I'm cooking dinner, all the stuff that I'm using, you know, not the plate that I'm eating the food on, but I'm cleaning as I go. Yeah. So that like I don't like for me that's that that was like oh my this is this is so much easier. Yeah. This is how it works. It's supposed to be. And so now it's like, you know, having a nightly tidy that we do and having a, you know, a lunch reset, it makes all that stuff so much easier so that all throughout the day we're seeing, okay, there's nothing on the counters, Mm -hmm. everything's clean. And it makes it a lot easier to just keep things that way throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like she said, even in the living room, which is where we spend a lot of our time throughout the day when it comes to, as a family. So the kids have their toys there, kids have things. So we make sure that at night, all that stuff is put away. And to be honest, that's where a lot of the laundry falls. So speaking of laundry, that was something that was recently, like it was very overwhelming for me. Like I just felt like, right. We just had this conversation a couple weeks ago, but so I kept saying like, I feel like laundry is always on my mind. I feel like there's so many different systems out there. I've tried doing laundry once a day. I've tried doing laundry every other day. And it just feels like I'll start it and then I'll have to dry it. And then I'll put it on the couch. Then I have to put it away. And I just felt like laundry was always just there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started doing this where, you know, don't do laundry unless you have time to wash it, dry it, put it away. Mm-hmm. But even that became too much because sometimes life happens and you get distracted. So and you have no time in a pile it, of laundry. <laughs> right, exactly. So like what we just started, which I mean, some people love or hate it, but I started doing laundry only one time a week Yeah, because we have enough clothes for seven days. Like we're minimalist, but we have enough. And the thing was like, I kept doing laundry and then I would hang it back up in a closet that was still filled with clean clothes. So I'm like, mm-hmm. why did I even just do this load of laundry? So I started doing it once a week and I just knocked out load after load, put it all away. And it, right. You just told me yesterday, like, oh, I really like this. This is so much easier. Yeah. It was like effortless. And then, um, so that has helped us with laundry, just doing it once a week. And then I've also been implementing a once a week deep cleaning day, Mm -hmm. which has actually been helping me too, because I'm a stay at home mom, but I don't live to clean. Like I don't enjoy cleaning all day, every day. I don't mind tidying up like a 10 minute thing so right. that my house is like presentable and I'm happy, but I don't enjoy having on my mind as soon as I wake up, like today's bathroom day, today's this, because then I feel like I never really get to rest. Mm-hmm. I'm always like on it. So doing like a one, once a day, like, or a one day a week deep clean, I'm like, okay, everything's getting clean today. Yeah, It's going to take me a few hours, but I'm just going to knock it all out back to back. And then the rest of the week, it's just quick tidies. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Saturday mornings, I just clean everything and it's like a hard pill to swallow. I wake up, I'm not looking forward to it, but then you get it done and you don't have to do product every day of the week. I don't know. I also live in a smaller home, so I feel bad saying that because I know there's people who have like massive homes. They're like, if I cleaned up like one day a week, it'd be my you know, entire day. And I'm like, well, you know, I have a tiny home, so I can do that. (laughs) Yeah, but also tiny homes, it's like they feel a little bit more cluttered, even when you have a little bit of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's what maintenance is for, but another, so another system that I think is a good one is you said, as you go, you're cleaning the kitchen. Mm -hmm. It's like our dishwasher, for example, 
Like as we're done using plates, because dishes are a huge thing for most people, I feel Mm -hmm. like it's overwhelming. So I just wanted to touch on that really quick again. But we, in the morning, will unload the dishwasher, put everything away so that throughout the day, the dishwasher is empty and we can just load it as we go. We have enough plates that will last us the whole day, enough spoons, forks, and things like that. So that as we're loading it up after each meal, at the end of the day, we just have to do one cycle. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, we just put everything away again. So it's more of like a routine. Yeah. So laundry and dishes were always my biggest complaint. And once I started doing that, I felt like, okay, <laughs> my life is more than cleaning. Right. So. And it's like, it's like you said, those small little habits that have you, your house looking clean, but aren't taking, you know an hour at the end of the day, hand washing all these dishes or like trying to load the dishwasher and it being yeah. like this huge task. I yeah. love that. I'm all about the habits. Um, I know. <laughs> all right. So what would be your biggest piece of advice for people that want to start today to embark on the minimalist lifestyle? Mm, that's a really good question. Everybody's journey starts somewhere different. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of ways that you can start if you're even just mildly, mildly interested is just to look at that easiest place of your house that has probably the least amount of clutter and consider getting rid of a couple things. And once you get rid of a couple of those things, again, just sit there and evaluate and say, okay, how does, how does this space feel now? Once we finally got that living room under control and no more side tables, because we all thought we needed side tables. We thought we needed a coffee table. We thought because we saw it in everybody else's home. That's what we needed. Mm -hmm. When we got rid of all those things and just saw the living room for what it was, that's when we started to recognize almost the feeling of what minimalism can bring. So starting in a really simple way is, I would say, the best approach. Now, if there's people who are like, look, you already sold me on it, C. John and Carlene. We want to be full on minimalist. Where do we start? Well, what would you say is the best place to start if you want to go full on? Full on. I, I still think no matter how you want to do it, I still think the easiest place is best. Mm-hmm. The least Just cluttered get it place out. because you knock it out, go to the next. So if you're in a really big like purging moment, like still start in the easiest place and go from there. Mm-hmm. And I think also just realizing there are no rules. So someone's minimalist home is not going to be how your minimalist home looks. Um, and just kind of evaluating the space for what it is. Question everything. It's so normal to have certain things like a coffee table, let's say. There's nothing wrong with coffee tables. But when we looked at it, we're like, this is such a pain because first of all, we have kids. Our coffee table is glass. It was like, okay, to have that there, to have to be on guard 24 hours a day with kids for two minutes of it holding our glass. Mm -hmm. So it's like really evaluate, like, what do you actually need? And then I used to have like a super big mug collection and I loved it. And I would ask people like, bring me mugs. Like my brother brought me one from Thailand. And then it got to the point where I'm like, why am I collecting mugs? But I only drink out of my one mug that I like the most, Right. you know? So it's like really evaluate everything. Ask yourself questions. Why do you collect certain things? Why do you hold on to certain things? Like even with him, like he had to like kind of dig deep within. And let me tell you, if he wanted to keep those trophies, he could have, and it's fine. I even told him if you want to keep them, let's display them. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of like he had to actually deal with his stuff and it brought up a lot of things from his childhood. But sometimes it's like, we don't want to even deal with our past. So we just keep everything. So we don't have to sort through it, but it's like, go through it. Like Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. confront your past or whatever it is you have, or maybe you just haven't, I don't know, maybe someone passed. I've had people tell me this, like a family member passed and they left them certain things and they're not ready to go through it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying be ready, but I'm saying like when you are ready, maybe it's a good thing to like go through those things. And, or sometimes people just, it's like you have it out of sight, out of mind. So you think, but it's on your mind that you have something to go through or something that needs to be tended to. So I would just say tackle your house and just declutter or go through things until it feels peaceful, Mm -hmm. not to the point where it looks a certain way. Because there's minimalism in the sense of how it feels. And then there's minimalism aesthetic. Yeah. So there it's two completely different things. And I would say, just get your house to the point where you're happy when you walk in Mm -hmm. and you're not worrying about what other people who walk in feel. So a couple of things I would add to that too, is um, it's easiest to walk, start minimizing the areas that you use the most. So if you can start in the living room, you spend a lot of time, then the kitchen and then the bathrooms. Once you start to see how that works, Mm -hmm. moving to those hard storage areas or those sentimental areas are a lot easier than saying, I'm just going to tackle that giant garage full of all of this stuff that I throw in there because I don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. That's a hard place to start. Another thing I would kind of like add on all these things I'm thinking of as we go, but it's okay to get rid of stuff. I used to hold on to things out of guilt. You know, that lotion bottle you said you had and you never used it and you got rid of it. I would hold on to all of those lotions, even if I hated them or uh, a shampoo, because I was like, I spent money on this. Like I, I told you in the beginning, like I, I always had things like I wasn't like, I didn't have that childhood like he had where it's like, he held on to things because he didn't know if he would get that thing again. For me, it was like, I held on to it because I was mad. I didn't like, I didn't want to waste my money. Basically, right. until I realized the money was wasted when I purchased it, not when I'm getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. The money's already wasted. So keeping it just because you are mad that you wasted your money, it's like double whammy. Like you wasted your money. Plus now you're having to see that stuff and it's like frustrating you and you're trying to get the one thing you want and you have 10 things in front of you. So it's like, it's okay to get rid of it. Yes. I know, you know, people are very like, you have to donate, you have to sell. Yes, you do like do, do whatever's best for you. Um, if you want to make money, make money. If you want to donate it, donate it. But then there are things that genuinely are junk. So Mm -hmm. don't feel guilty. If you do have to throw some things away, like I felt really guilty sometimes because I'm like, oh no, like I want to be mindful of the earth, you know? Mm-hmm. But there are things you do have to throw away. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that are not able to be donated and stuff like that. But yeah, just letting go of the guilt of actually starting. I've actually had people have to rent a dumpster. Wow. In front of their- yeah, like people who've lived in their homes for like 20 years. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like we've had that like interaction with people who are like, yeah, we had to like go hard and get a dumpster. And yeah. I'm like, well, go for it because you're living this every single day and these things are bothering you and it's your quality of life. Mm-hmm. But now you can learn from it. Like if you couldn't donate or sell, at least now, you know, I'm not going to bring all of this excess stuff in my house again. Cause I never want to have to do this again. Mm-hmm. So she mentioned, um, you know, the guilt of throwing away stuff that you spent money on. And for me, I work, I had to work through this because of that scarcity mindset. Like I spent money on it and I feel like I need to keep it. Mm-hmm. And when I finally, in a way, like told myself, there's plenty more where that came from. There's plenty more money. There's plenty more space. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, I, I can buy this thing again if I really, really wanted it. And when I finally started to adopt that mindset, 
that guilt and those negative emotions kind of went away and I was able to just get rid of stuff a lot easier. And another trick that you can do for those, um, those people who are like, Hey, I like to do things with the reward at the end. Okay. Well, why don't you declutter your living room Mm -hmm. and you reward yourself with two hours of binging your favorite Netflix show at the end of that. Mm -hmm. Or if you really love wine or something like that, then you have a glass of wine or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to feel like a job. It can just feel like another, another activity that is bringing you to that place of peace and finally having a home that you enjoy walking into and you enjoy having people over and you feel that, you know, you've created this space for your family that you can finally build memories in and not always be focused on cleaning and worrying about the stuff. Yeah. The less stuff you have, the less, the the less there is to clean. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. That was wonderful. Thank you guys so much. Um, But before you go, I want you guys to take a second to tell the listeners where they can find information about you and your YouTube and all of that good stuff. Yeah. So uh, we are on on the YouTube, on the YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) We are the Armstead family. And um, I have an Instagram. It is at C John Armstead and hers is at Carlene Armstead. And we also have a TikTok, so you can find us on <laughs> on TikTok, the Armstead family, and she has her own uh, weight loss journey posted on there. But that is where you can find us. We have we do have a website, but we're working on it right now, and soon we're going to have some opportunities for people to be coached one on one on minimalism and all that. And we're in the midst of developing a course as well. So wonderful! And I'll make sure to link and share all of that information as well on the show notes, so you guys will be able to easily find it. Um, thanks again so much for coming on the podcast. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you for having us. Wow. We feel like celebrities because of you. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel inspired after today's episode, and I hope that you do too. Take some time to figure out who you truly are and what truly brings you happiness. Share this episode with your friends so that they can feel inspired too, and use the hashtag the Jessica Hazeman Podcast. I will see you guys next week, and I hope you have a wonderful week ahead of you. 